Hey, this is Mike Bob, and I'm a guy who used to make things, and sometimes I still do. These days, I prefer making podcasts, and I have a new one called Soundtrack to My Life. On this podcast, I talk to different creative people about the music that shaped them. Sometimes the conversations are funny, and sometimes they're just kind of sweet. I love that Pina Colada song. Yeah, I do. Rihanna has had a huge impact on my songwriting. I'm diving into the ocean, finding that one fish that has the toxins, and I'm just drinking those toxins all day. Maybe they're saying, like, you should now go forth and rock. It's like a peace be with you situation. I also have a playlist called F Jams. One and two. <laughs> Just in case. We dance to a jazz version of my favorite things. Soundtrack to my life. It's available exclusive on Spotify. It's a exclusive. I'm going to try to make that word take off. It's a music plus talk show, meaning I can play songs in their entirety. So think of this as an interactive playlist with some of the coolest creative people I know. And you should know, too. Soundtrack to my life. A Spotify exclusive. Hi, I'm Mike Bobbitt. I am a lot of things. I'm a comedian, I'm a podcaster, I'm a writer, an actor, and a storyteller. But most of all, I'm a dad now. Movies were an important part of my childhood, and I'm hoping they'll be an important part of my kid's childhood, too. So through this podcast, I talk to my friends about movies that were important to them when they grew up, and I also talk to my friends who are parents about their experiences introducing their own kids to movies. This is Movies for Kids. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever grow up Sometimes I wonder if I know it's me I know it's me Talking to my friend Matt Noss, who I met through Go Comedy Improv Theater, and he has become a podcast guru. He is the creator of Gabber Media and produces multiple podcasts, which seems to be the way to go when you are a parent, uh, which is something I'm doing now, too. So... (laughs) Thanks for talking to me, Matt. Oh, my pleasure. I'm happy to do it. I hear your little one in the background. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of a reoccurring theme that he's in the background on a lot of these. We just got done recording for my other podcast, so this one being a family-friendly, completely clean one will be a huge change of pace. For yes. yes, it will. So you've been a dad for a while now. Tell me about your daughter. Um, my daughter is two. She'll be two and a half in August. So, yeah, she was born in February of 2018, and our lives have never been the same, <laughs> and it's all for the good. Her name's Rosemary, and we love her so much, and she's just a big bundle of energy, and she wants to do it herself, and I have to stop myself from trying to do everything for her. What surprised you the most about being a dad? You know, the the biggest one was... I think nothing really prepares you for the experience. Yeah. The biggest surprise for me is that I was ready. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know how else to say that. It was more just the baby got here and I was like, this is it. We're doing it. <laughs> and it wasn't, if I would have, you know, I'm 42 now. So I had a right one. I was 40. So if I would have had a baby in my twenties, I would have felt way more unprepared. Right. But kind of waiting, waiting a long time and, and then having her and having her arrive and be healthy. I was like, I'm ready. Let's do it. 
then it's kind of like all the stuff that they talk about, you know, like, oh, you're going to be changing diapers and they're going to cry. I'm like, I was ready for that. I think the only thing I wasn't really ready for was what no sleep felt like. Like, I thought I knew. But it took her basically until January of this year to get into a good rhythm with sleep. We've gotten very lucky with Benji, where he's been sleeping eight hours pretty much since the beginning. I mean, he's very fussy now in the background, but he has his grandma to um, try to take care of him while I do one of my 19 million podcasts. Don't tell many parents that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) noted. No, no, no. I mean, that's, that's the whole thing that I think I've noticed more than anything is that your child is your child. And the experiences that you are having, some parents may have them as well, but it also might just be you <laughs> that's having that experience. Like right now, I'm, I'm really bonding with uh, Jen and Ted Hansen because their little one is doing pretty much the same playbook as Rosemary did, where she would get a 15-minute nap. And it would be like she slept for eight and, a half, eight and a half hours. Now, about four months before he was born, you and I recorded stuff at your house. And everyone yes. had been giving me horror stories about the birthing process. And you were the only person, really, to put me at ease. And it turns out that you were absolutely right. And it was a pretty peaceful experience. I'm so glad to hear that. They had me put on scrubs because they ended up doing kind of like a um, emergency C-section for Allison. And I remember just sitting there outside of the operating room, concentrating on breathing. <laughs> and then someone came by and told me that I had my mask on inside out and upside down. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just started thinking about how ridiculous that was. And then all I really remember is what songs were playing during the delivery. And um, I don't remember being scared or anything like that. I, I just remember sitting by her head, comforting her and listening to Beatles and Bob Marley and <laughs> Fleetwood Mac. And, you know, and now those songs mean so much to me because I right. associate them with his birth. So it made me feel really good. That's awesome. That's really, really cool. You were telling me earlier that your daughter is watching Daniel Tiger, which I was not yes. familiar with until you told me. Tell me more about Daniel Tiger. Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood is based on Mr. Rogers. It is in conjunction with the Mr. Rogers organization. So they have the um, Good Feeling song. They have the It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood song. Oh, cool. And... Of all of them, I mean, there is a lot of children's shows. We haven't gotten into Sesame Street, but Daniel Tiger was kind of the first one. And what was nice about Daniel Tiger is it is very focused on your child's emotions. Okay. And your kid being able to kind of understand the feelings that they have, which was kind of Mr. Rogers' whole thing, where it was like, you are a person, you are real, I see you. What are you feeling? You know, like that's kind of was his whole thing. That's nice. Yeah, and Daniel Tiger is the same way. And and there's tons and tons of songs. One of them is, you know, what do you do when you're at school and somebody steals something from you or takes something from you or won't share or won't do the, a lot of like um, of the dynamics that you are going to have in preschool you kind of see explored in in Daniel Tiger. I like it, and the songs are cute, but Mm -hmm. simple. 
these these are like the most derivative songs I've ever heard in my life. Where it's like when you feel so mad that you wanna roar. <laughs> I was hoping that you would sing again. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you've got it, buddy. Take a deep breath and count to four. (laughs) What are you excited to introduce her to that you grew up with? You know, right now, it's it's just getting... Like, I don't necessarily have that really strong Star Wars thing that a lot of parents had. You know, I mean, I I just know that Star Wars has been very important to you. (laughs) And it's been... You know what? I'm not lying. No, I know you're not, but I was, for a a second there, I was like, oh, I think we're going to get through one episode without mentioning Star Wars. The the things that I care more about, honestly, are music things. Oh, really? Like, I I just really want her to be hungry for music. Yeah. And and if she plays an instrument, if she sings, I don't necessarily care. But I, I think learning to read music and play piano is is one of the things that I'm like, even though I don't play anymore and I would be so rusty if I tried to play or, and read music, but it's just something that like gave me so much enjoyment and it really helps with brain development too. Yeah. So, you know, or if she wants to dance or whatever, but it's just, you know, we played, um, I bought a record player uh, right before she was born and I just started buying records and I bought one. I don't know if you remember the group Pomplamoose. Um, yeah. It's Jack Conti, and he kind of like would always do like, it's the first guy that I saw on YouTube do that. Like, I'm playing every part, but I just match it and post. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they, they put out a record of French songs, like true French songs, and they do Champs-Élysées, which is like the, the only French song that I know, which is like, the, oh, Champs-Élysées, da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> and she loves it. And it's the funniest because like I'll play it, and she'll dance around, and then like another song will play, and she'll be like, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like this song. Oh. I'm like, you've listened to 10 seconds of this song. Instead of being like, please play the other song again. I'm like, do you want to hear the other song? She's like, yes. <laughs> you and I are both huge fans of the band Idols. And yes. I keep getting torn because they have such a great, positive, pro-feminist, yes. pro-immigrant, humanitarian message. But Joe Talbot swears so much. So much. <laughs> I'm like, I really want Benji to listen to this aggressively positive band. But at the same time, <laughs> I'm like, oh, there's some songs where I'm just like, I don't want him going to school singing Mother, you know? Right. Uh, if someone talked to you the way <laughs> you talk to you, I'd run the teeth through. Love yourself. It's like, oh, okay. Well, that's not really the schoolyard anthem you want. (laughs) I have also thought, you know, if she shows an interest in video games, that I might do um, the classics first. Yeah. You know, like... Like, kind of start you at the very simple stuff. Like, not start her at Fortnite. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I mean, Minecraft is pretty good for kids, I think. That's that's what everyone's been telling me. And that was a big bonding thing with my brother and his wife and kids. I think I'm going to have to learn about Minecraft. And I guess my brother would just mine. So his kids had the resources to do the crafting and yeah. So I thought that was kind of sweet. 
I like that. I like that. Obviously, right now, none of us perform as much as we used to. Correct. My feeling is you sort of started taking a bit of a backseat to performing live and started focusing more on podcasting. Was that when she was born or is that just a thing that started happening naturally? It was kind of two roads coming together. Okay. Catherine and I wanted to have kids. And in 2016, I launched the Matt Noss Variety Show. I was doing human amusements. I was doing all that. Mm-hmm. And it was like 2017 came around. And it was like, it's just going to be, if I keep doing this, I'll never be home. And that's not really what I want. And I was starting to get like, creatively, that was probably one of the coolest things I've done. And I didn't want to hop into another thing. And then I was like, as an improviser, I'm not going to be able to do it enough or form a bond with a new team to really make an impact. So then I was like, well, I've been doing these podcasts and I love podcasting and it is the creative outlet that I need. So it was kind of like, because I've been doing Roach Coach for four years, Matters for about five Transmissions is almost at four. I was doing all of those as well as everything else. And it was kind of like, something's got to give. At the end of 2017, we did the December variety show. And that was the last one. We made this, I made the decision that that would be the last one. Catherine was pregnant. February was our due date. And I was just kind of like, I hadn't taught improv anyway, because You know, it was just, I kind of didn't want to teach anymore. So I just kind of slowly but surely unattached myself from things. And the cool thing is that there's always somebody there to take your place, you know? Yeah. They aren't you, but they have wants and desires as well. So I've asked you to perform on our live truth shows a couple of times, and you were still like super, super fast. Do you think that's because... (laughs) you've just done it for so many years or do you think podcasting still keeps you really sharp and focused? What I love about podcasting and kind of what we do together is it's, it lets you do everything that you can do improvising with your reaction. Like, I mean, I'm a breaker. I I am a hundred percent. I cannot keep it together. If I think something's funny, that's the problem with me is I hear myself saying things (laughs) And then I'm just like, that's ridiculous. And it just delights me to no end. So it's, and podcasting is a nice form to be able to do that because nobody else is there. You know, so if I'm laughing, then it kind of is like, well, yeah, it's kind of funny. I'm my own peanut gallery. (laughs) With Roach Coach, yeah, it, it definitely, with those guys, we'll listen to an album and it's no fun if it's bad, right? It's no fun just to say that this music's bad. It's also no fun just to be like, this music's good, per se, for the art of conversation. So then we'll just create characters or do bits or do things, and that's that's where it all kind of stays creative for me. And you podcast with the two gens from Detroit yes, and they're both like incredibly fast, too. Is it one of those things that because you're essentially playing tennis with two of the best that it's just keeping your game strong or I, easy. I, I mean, okay. like Jen, Jen Hansen is so flawlessly funny. She's just one of my favorite people ever. And she she's should just, be super famous. She is. Un- <laughs> and she's such a great writer and yeah. she's just so funny. And, and Oh yeah. Insanely yeah. talented. Yeah. 
I know I can give her a softball and then she's going to just run with it. But then, like, I just delight in making them laugh. Like, uh, <laughs> Jennifer Bloomer or Sosha on Roach Coach is, she's not an easy laugh. No, no, not at all. And she does laugh. I'm always surprised at what makes her what makes her giggle. You guys together are kind of like Chris Pratt and Aubrey Plaza on Perks and Rock. Yeah, and she yeah. is a sniper. Yep. Just a laser beam that can just take your head off. And I'm like, I'm in there just chopping wood, hoping <laughs> that I, I make an amazing cord of wood eventually. She'll do a voice, and it's like, oh, my goodness. And then next week, I'll be like, oh, gosh, when you did Midwest Mom, I was dying. And she's just like, I did what? That's nice, too, that you have these incredibly talented and also fearless. I mean, improv is an incredibly scary art form when you think about it. I know a lot of people say that about stand-up, but stand-up is so prepared. It's nice that you have these incredibly strong women coming to your home and kind of being role models for your daughter, too. They're the best. Yeah. yeah. I'm incredibly grateful that my silly truth universe has introduced me to all these amazing people and you've become kind of like my ghost of Christmas future where I just look at how you've become a good dad, but you're also remaining a relevant artist too. And I like what you do. And, and I think it's neat that when you hit the stage, it becomes like a special event event for people and people are excited to see you up on stage. And, you know, I, I feel incredibly lucky that, you know, a couple of the times that you have gone up have been because I said, Hey Matt, please play with me. And I love it. I love you. And just thank you, Matt. Thank you for being you. You're welcome. I appreciate it. Thank you, Mike. When you came on matters and I just said casually, I know this guy and you went off for 45 minutes of probably the most fun that Matt and I have ever had on that show i i have been like i love this guy this guy <laughs> and that was a long time ago <laughs> yes but, uh boy those those were we were cutting gems that night <laughs> uh yeah it's so weird to think about initially you were just a guy that was friends with my friend eric and uh <laughs> right and now Man, I, I love you to death. I, I am I so grateful that. You. that you are in my life. And I love that. I, I, I like that you're a couple years ahead of me in the dad department. So that way I can, you know, keep coming to you and saying, hey, um, is this normal? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And then I'll be like, well, here's what here's what we did. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think that's that's the cool thing about being a little bit older parent is that I don't know. If it's because now I've been a, well, because we've been in a community for a while, like you were in the stand-up community and you know a lot of people there, but now you're in this kind of broader universe with improvisers, with people like PJ and everybody mm. that he knows. PJ had his, you know, his first uh, kid a little bit earlier, but now he has his second kid a little bit later, and it's a more, it's very wild to kind of see everybody around my age having kids now and it's a much different support system yeah it makes me not feel like 
a weirdo for being old dad. Oh, I've used those exact same words. I go to Catherine. I don't want to be old dad. You know, I don't want to be at the uh, picking Rosemary up. And it's like, there he is. Old dad. <laughs> I, I was mistaken for Benji's grandpa a couple weeks ago. <laughs> We were going for a walk and I was on my driveway and it looked like three generations, like a mom, her daughter and their son. And the mom said to me, oh, is this your grandson? And I said, oh, no, it's my son. I used to be marginally famous. So I have a very young wife. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. I was like, oh, what an awkward thing to say. But then again, I, I guess if it were anyone else, I should have taken what she said as an awkward thing to say too but i was like oh no here's here's my line for that so you're like i got this don't worry oh i'm I'm sorry you don't recognize me from an ed sheeran music video yeah my wife is 11 years younger than i am (laughs) (laughs) i'm an idiot (laughs) but it's the best yeah i I, old dad has has been you know like that's one of those fake stumbling blocks that you make for yourself and then you have a kid and you're like it doesn't matter. There, and then you see like, oh, there's plenty of dads my age. Yeah. Plenty. Tons. Yeah, absolutely. Literally tons. Yeah. But like before we had her, I was like, you know, I just want to be an old dad because then like she'll be 18 and I'll be 72, <laughs> which isn't even <laughs> Your close math to the right math. Your math is way off on that. <laughs> exactly. But that's that's what you do, right? You just yeah. make it worse. I think you and I both have a very youthful energy, so I, I don't yeah. see us being looked at as old dads too much. Well, I think that's, that is a thing about performing and doing this goofy comedy thing is that it shows that you're playful. If no one listens to anything that I do, I'm still okay because I really enjoyed doing it. And then I worked and I put food on the table. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what do you want? You're winning. Like you got, I start to think about the success in the podcasting world. And yes, I would love some, please. If they're handing it out, I will take it. <laughs> um, and I, but I also think like I would never sell anything that we do to be able to, meaning I would never sell show IP to get on a network that could boost us. I would never do anything like that. Like the shortcutty stuff. Like if we have success it's because of the work that we did. And if we don't, it's because we only found a few people and we didn't try any harder than that. And that's okay too. Yeah. Cause I'd rather, I'd rather the little one see like, Oh wow, dad does this thing. And he has a great time doing it. And he gets to be super creative. And he gets to kind of have a little bit of his cake and eat it too. Yeah. It makes you a really good role model. And, you know, because I think about this stuff all the time and I I do, I just, I try to like come to grips with it and come, you know, like I'm not moving to LA at at 42 with a, with a kid and my wife, we're not going because I don't have any goal. Like I don't have a plan. There's no plan. So if I have no plan, it's much easier to be like, I'm going to get with my friends that are amazing and have as much fun as possible, put it out in the world. And with Roach Coach, you know, Lauren does a lot of the social on it and he makes a lot of connections, which is a great, great weight off my back. And we connect Mm -hmm. and that's great. I mean, we have people every week contacting us, which is amazing. I kind of want to show that to my daughter and be like, it's better to have five people love what you do, like love it, love it, Mm -hmm. than 10,000 be like, it's good. I am so lucky I have you as a friend. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.